And uh, this morning, I, just, I do want to share a message, and my title is uh, The Influence of a Mother. And mothers are very influential, and we know that. I um, think about the sacrifice uh, that mothers make and all the, the influence that they have on all of our lives is, is pretty amazing. I wanted to start by just sharing a, a brief story uh, of a mother back in, she was in Wales up in the mountain region. This was back in the mid-1800s. And she w was walking with her little baby and was going uh, up in the hills. And all of a sudden, a snowstorm, the weather changed and a snowstorm came in. And she got caught in this snow. And she got buried by the snow in this. And when the rescuers finally reached her and found her, unfortunately, she wasn't alive anymore. They noticed that her outer clothes were not on and they were just in a bundle. And so then they picked up and unwrapped and to their surprise, there was a little baby wrapped up in the mom's clothes, in her coat and clothing. And this baby was still alive, still breathing. And it's amazing because it shows you the depth of a mother's love, the depth of the sacrifice that they're willing to, to give is, is amazing. And it doesn't, this, the story doesn't end there because a man named David Lloyd George, who most of us probably don't know unless you know history, that was him. He became prime minister, Great Britain. You never know your legacy and what, and as a mother, all you think about is the best for your children. He was considered, if you look in their history, one of their greatest statesmen. But you think about the influence of a mother. You know, I think it's, it's my personal opinion that women are more influential and sacrificial than men are. I mean, I, I observed that in my life. I, I, I've seen that so many times. And we see this in the Bible. There's many women that give us this example of the same thing. I want to, in a few moments, focus on a couple of those women and give a couple just examples. But I was thinking about the amazing influence that women, that mothers have. Just, and, and I've been pondering this for a while. And I, I was thinking about this, this point. It's kind of this aha moment for me. It's like, wow, do you know what? God actually made the choice that he was going to send his son to this world, he had many options how he was going to introduce Jesus to the world. All You could think of many options. What did he choose? He chose for his son to come through a mother, to be born of a, from a woman. That's some pretty high-level regard that God had for the process. I, th I was thinking about that. I thought, that is pretty amazing of all the options that God could have done, but he chose to have his son come through a mother. Lord, I just pray as we spend a few moments just talking about and reading a couple of scriptures this morning, just 
couple of the women in the Bible and maybe similarities and some differences, but in the end, God, what we're really after is the opportunity that each one of us have because of Jesus Christ that was born of a woman, of a mother that cared so deeply and took the assignment so seriously. Lord, we're thankful for the opportunity that each one of us have because of that decision that even that one woman made. What a legacy that we're living in. Touch each of our hearts this morning and, and help us to reflect not only on your love, but the love of the mothers. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Think about all the promises that were given to Abraham. Amazing promises. But you know what? They all came through his wife, Sarah, the mother of Isaac, the mother of the kids. There's great promises, but it had to be a mother that was willing to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what it takes. There was a promises that God gave Abraham that were beyond imaginable. In fact, Abraham didn't even really get to see those fulfilled past his grandson, who was about 15 when he died, Jacob. He had Isaac and then Jacob. But then the legacy after that is amazing. We're, we're product of that. One of the bravest and most influential mothers in the Bible, most of us probably don't know her name unless you re you've read it recently. I remember reading it and kind of forgot because you, you're always looking at influential men or stories about these are the names we know in the Bible. Think of Moses. But what was his mom's name? Jochebed, does that sound familiar? I'm like, no, I remember that. But when I was looking at that, Jochebed, most, one of the most amazing, influential, and sacrificial mothers who got the word that her son was supposed to be put to death from Herod or, uh, Pharaoh. And she's like, not my son. So she hid him for three months, and then at three months made this basket, wove this basket, and put him in this and floated him in the river and just said, God, I trust you in that process. And we know that Pharaoh's daughter, God ordained all of this for her to discover this baby, and she ended up taking it in as her own. And you know how God works things? Because sometimes we feel like, wow, God, you... you you gave me this child, or God, you gave me this situation, but look, it's fallen apart. Well, well, God orchestrates that Jochebed ends up getting hired to raise this child. Like, wow, isn't that how our God works? Crazy, but, but really good. She gets to influence her own son, teaching him the faithfulness of God, the goodness of God, understanding Hebrew way, all of these things, and we know what transpired there. But because of the influence and the sacrifice of a mother who could see beyond the moment. Incredible. We think about that. Hannah, another great example. Has a son and 
is willing to give up that son in the sense of to see him become a man of God eventually, but to part ways with him so he can be influenced and taught. Because she's thinking beyond herself, thinking about what's best for my son. I just believe also women have a better way of processing information than men do too and processing things and assessing. And I mean, God just gave them this ability and has given mothers this influence. And you think of a mother and her influence on her children. She's the first line of defense. Oh, yeah, you're not getting past me. This is my kids. These are my kids. She's the one, the first one to provide the care, the first aid, the, all of the things that need to be there. She's the first one that's going to go to God in intercession. First one to recognize a problem. Her intuition is through the roof. I've seen it over and over and over again with the mother of my children. And you think about the influence, the sacrifice, all those things. And so many times we just kind of buzz through life and we don't realize incredible that God created this and he knew what he was doing. There's no mistake. There's no confusion when God designed a mother. Pretty clear. And I want to talk about two women specifically this morning. And, and this is really, in a lot of regards, differences, but some similarities, but two different paths. One of them is the very first woman is Eve. And thinking about that, that she was called the mother of all living, Eve. Genesis 3.20 says, Then the man Adam named his wife Eve because she would be the mother of all who live. <laughs> this is interesting because in 1988, Newsweek magazine came out with an article that on January 11th, it featured a cover story that on the, on the cover of it said, Eve, mother of all life. But they, their discovery, they say, went through this molecular biologist, this group of molecular biologists that scientifically sat down and did this complete study on their own and said, we've proven that every person comes from one person and we're going to call her Eve. Now, never once did they give any credit to the Bible or the fact that we already knew this without them sitting down and taking years of study and millions of dollars to study this. But this was this great discovery that the genetics and all of the things that they took into account traced it back, all of our ancestries, ancestors to one person. We're going to call her Eve. And, and it was an interesting article. So much so that Washington State University gave them this big award <laughs> for discovering this, which shot a lot of holes in those evolutionists that said, you know, we're from all over the place. We don't, you know, evolutionists, that humans are more, they come from more than one place in the earth. But that was an interesting story, article in there. It's in, you know, reading the Bible, we get a lot of good facts there. <laughs> that people discover later, but maybe don't give credit, but they want to give, have credit for that, but God gets all the credit. Influence of a woman. Here's another thought that I had, that, that the, the serpent knew 
that Eve could convince Adam because she's influential right out of the bat. See, God created certain things a certain way. I think if the serpent would have went to Adam, probably would have been an argument in a, in a you know, this head knocking and this all this stuff. But he's like, you know what? I'm going to talk to the woman. She's very influential. And I bet she could say something to her husband. Now, we can dog Eve for this, for giving in to the serpent. We need to realize, though, that Eve had zero life experience. She, did, she had nobody to learn from, nobody taught her. She, her husband said, basically, hey, this is amazing we're in this garden, but the only thing we can't, you know, we can't partake of this or else, you know, we'll die and different things happen. Well, in this whole thing, and, and we see something about the serpent that it's interesting in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. It says this, the serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals that the Lord God made. He was shrewd. He sweet-talked Eve, basically, into believing his deception. Verse 6 says that Eve was convinced that the serpent was right. In her mind, she was convinced that. But she was able to influence Adam in that way. The, sea, the serpent was able to deceive Eve probably a lot easier than to go directly at Adam. She had a second-hand report. She didn't hear it direct. So it was a second-hand report to her. So in that regard, I think the serpent probably felt like he had a better shot. Adam knew. And he had no excuse. I mean, he was responsible for the sin that, was, that took place there. It was inexcusable for him. But I will say this, that God showed his unwavering commitment to women and to mothers in the fact that even though this situation seemingly didn't work, fell apart, God says, no, it's, uh, my plan is not going to change because he's looking down the road. I'm going to do this again, <laughs> but, and I'm going to do this through a woman and there's going to be a birth of the Savior of the world. God didn't get all upset, said, well, this failed. Now what do I do? He already had a plan. He already knew what was going to happen. This woman named Mary was going to give birth to this special child, much more than special. He would defeat Satan, and he would be the Savior for all mankind. Now, if you're Eve... You have no idea what to expect when it came to childbirth, right? All you know at that point is that you've been told you're going to be in pain when you give birth. That's not good to hear. What do you, how do you compare that to what? She had nobody to talk to, no mom, no grandma, no, no friends, nobody to say, hey, Eve, this is what you need to expect. She, she went through all of that thing. Now, countless mothers today say things like, thanks a lot, Eve. <laughs> you know, blame it on Eve, right? But what, again, an incredible mother, incredible woman. Then we see Mary, the mother of Jesus. And it's very obvious that we see Mary's humility and her obedience to God and her devotion to Jesus. And the fact that 
She was the mother of the Son of God. Pretty amazing. Imagine a lot of these women who had, in the Old Testament, important women, different people have done great things. And the conversation's up in heaven, probably, and Mary ends up there, and they're having conversations, and, oh, hi, welcome. Who are you? Oh, I'm Ruth, I'm Naomi, or I'm, I'm Eve. <laughs> Mary's like, I'm Mary. Gave birth to Jesus. <laughs> Not a big deal. That's it. <laughs> Pretty amazing. And I was thinking about this. I thought, you know, imagine what would happen if the Lord sent an angel, Gabriel, to appear to Joseph instead of to Mary. And let me set this up by saying this is what happened. Because I think about this and I think, wow, she was amazing. In Luke chapter 1, it talks about Gabriel was sent by God to go to Mary. And he says, greeting, favored woman. The Lord's with you. And then goes into this whole thing about how he, she's going to get pregnant, give birth basically to the Son of God. He's going to rule the universe. And, he's, and, and God has called you to do this. Really, her only question was, oh, how is this going to happen? I'm a virgin. And he goes on to say, well, the Holy Spirit's going to hover over you, and you're going to supernaturally have this, get pregnant, and you're going to give birth to the Savior of the universe. So what does she say? I am the Lord's servant. May everything that was spoken to me come to pass. Let it happen. She... Amazing that, that God designed a woman in, in this whole, to be able to understand, maybe not fully, but understand. So I was thinking about, man, how would it have gone if Gabriel went to Joseph? First of all, Gabriel probably would have said, argued with God and said, God, I'm not going to talk to that guy. It's not going to be good. Come down, hey, Joseph, um, I'm Gabriel. Yeah, um, I, I just have, man, you're a strong dude. You're handsome. I just got one kind of something I want to kind of drop on you here. Um, you know Mary, your fiance. Yeah, I know you know her. Um, she, she's going to get pregnant and give birth to the Savior of the world, but you're not going to have anything to do with it. If you're Joseph, you're just like, dude, um, get lost. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. And, and he goes on to tell him the process. <laughs> you know, and you, you could just see how this conversation would probably go because with the man, it's like, no, th this isn't going to happen. This, this doesn't make sense. You're blowing up my world. <laughs> Take your feathers and get out of here. <laughs> you know, leave. <laughs> Not going to happen. Now, we don't know too much about Joseph after the time last we hear of him is when Jesus was in the temple and Joseph and Mary came there to, to find him because he, he stayed back, but probably assumed that he died somewhere after that before Jesus entered into his ministry. But I was thinking about who was right there with Jesus. Who was there? Obviously, Mary was there at his birth, through his life, 
And right at his death, she was there. This is my son. The emotion she had to been going through, but yet knowing and understanding, somehow she had this ability to put together information and to understand her place in that, in that process, and that her son was being nailed to a cross. How many moms could do that? Not easy. We know she had an incredible relationship with her son. And I have to believe that she was a praying woman, praying woman like crazy. In fact, I found a scripture in the Bible that, that proves this out. The prayer was significant in the life of Jesus' mother. In fact, I believe it's significant in all mothers who have kids. <laughs> Obviously, that's what it is. But prayer is significant because there is something that you do when you have children as a mother. You, you, you really are pulled into or called into intercession. And I believe God allows that for a purpose because it builds some real depth. In, and I'm not saying dad, dads don't do this, but there's just something about a mom and the influence that she has in the home. And the ability to get a hold of the Lord, the Holy Spirit. So when the apostles returned uh, to Jerusalem from Mount Olives, and they, they were meeting in the upstairs room where they were staying. And in Acts chapter 1, verse 14, it says this. It says, they all met together and were constantly united in prayer, along with Mary, the mother of Jesus. Several other women, who were probably mothers, and the brothers of Jesus, constantly united in prayer. And that included Mary, the mother of Jesus. I think about that. I think there's something significant about corporately praying together, coming together and praying. And Mary knew something. And I'm sure that she, they probably looked to her many times. I wanted to list some things, and these are just things that I, that I thought of, and I thought, you know, these are interesting points. Some similarities between Eve and Mary. Number one, they were both mothers of sons, which is obvious, but that's a similarity that we have. Number two, they were both mothers of sons who were killed. They both understood the pain. Number three, they were both mothers of sons who were killed in their innocence. Abel wasn't guilty of anything, just like Jesus wasn't. Number four, Eve was the mother of life, as we read, and Mary was the mother of the one who gives life to each one of us. I think the importance of that and the connection. Then the differences. The differences between the two. Eve was disobedient to God's word, and Mary was obedient to God's word. Eve was not submitted to authority, and Mary was submitted to authority. Cain was born into sin, and Jesus was born because of sin. Eve was banned from God's presence. And Mary ushered in God's presence. 
thinking about these things. And the last one, Eve was forbidden to partake of the tree of life, and Mary gave birth to the tree of life. And you think about, though, because God is, has a way of giving us examples that help us when we are making decisions in life. Help us relate to those people around us because not everyone has experienced what Eve experienced and certainly not everyone experienced what Mary experienced. But somewhere in between, there's a lot of territory that's covered by a lot of mothers over the years. I think about each one of us that are sitting here this morning. The reason we're here is because somebody chose to, or, or maybe they didn't choose to specifically, because a lot of people have, you know, children, whether they choose to or not. It, but somehow there was something that happened that caused the legacy to continue for you to be here. There was a decision that was made that, you know what, I'm going to, I'm willing to sacrifice something for the next generation. We think like Abraham, if he were, like, showed up, uh, he's probably aware, you know, from heaven, but to see what really the promise that was given him, amazing, through his wife, Sarah. I want to leave you with this last statement. Every time Adam and Eve looked at the flaming swords on the cherubims at the garden, those were the ones that were put into place to guard the, the garden to keep Adam and Eve out. Every time they looked at the flaming swords on the cherubims at the garden, it reminded them of their sin towards God. But the good news for us is every time we look at the cross on Calvary, it reminds us of Jesus' forgiveness of our sins. These things happen. But we're here today be really processing the things that we see in history as the worship team comes up. Understanding that even Mary weren't perfect. I mean, obviously... There was things that happened, but I will tell you that Mary's desire, Mary's desire was for the will of God in her life over anything else. And I believe for us this morning, we need to desire, God, what is your will for me? So many times we make decisions based on what we want and what we feel. There's a legacy that continues on as we follow God and his examples in our life. And each one of us have an opportunity to be influential, the men included, moving forward, influential. God knew exactly what he was doing when he created man and woman and put them together because it takes both of them. This morning we're talking about the, the mother, the woman. I know this is a tough day for some because there are many women who would love to be mothers and for whatever reason circumstances don't allow that or haven't allowed that and this is a hard day for them but God has in the design of his creation has created us to multiply 
and create us to be influencers in the next generation. You never even think when you choose to marry somebody that all of a sudden, not all of a sudden, but over time, you turn around and there's a hundred people that are coming to your family reunion or whatever and you're realizing, wow, that was because of us and the magnitude of, of that and the influence of a mother. Let's stand. Lord, I just, before we sing, I just want to pray for each one of us here today, God. We all have a story. We all have things that have transpired in our life. God, we also know that you've given promises. And I want to pray for those this morning. You feel like you've been maybe even duped by the enemy. Maybe he was trying to steal or trying to deceive you in some way, trying to, to steal a promise that God's given you. And I want to pray for you today that you're able to stand on the word of God, stand on his promise, and know that what he has spoken to you, what he's given to you, is good. And there is, there's a legacy that he's promised. And you need to take hold of that. You stand firm on his word. Stand firm on his promise. Lord, I pray for those today that they're just they're discouraged, maybe even right now, just in wondering, how, how did life kind of get me here? Lord, I pray you and how your Holy Spirit works is so amazing that you're able to come and you're able to minister. You're able to bring healing. You're able to bring wholeness. You're able to bring encouragement and that we can see, God, that you so love us, so love us everything that you have done in regards to humanity had a, a plan and a purpose through the whole thing and the fact that you allowed your son to be birthed through a woman and because of that and that he gave his life that we can rejoice today and say thank you Jesus thank you Jesus uh, just one more thing. I'm just sensing that this is, um, there may be some here today that you, the Holy Spirit is talking to you or will be talking to you about uh, mending a relationship. He already is going to, he's going before you. Don't get caught up in the trying to process it. But there's just something that I just felt like the Holy Spirit dropped me. Mending relationships, mending relationships. Because there's legacies that are at stake. Lord, I pray for these two as well. Give them wisdom, the conversations that they have with loved ones, friends, whatever it is. That the enemy is defeated foe. He has no place of 
no authority, no right to bring destruction in any way. Take authority over that in Jesus' name. We pray for healing, healing, healing in Jesus' name. We're going to sing Take Courage again. And just allow yourself just to be caught up in his presence this morning.